The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Wimbet. Wimbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to in-game odds, Wimbet has what you need to win. Sign up today. Bet $100. Get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Wimbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Careless ball by Bernardo Silva. Ericsson has got the support of Bruno Fernandes. It was a sight of goal. You had to take it. You had to try and find the far corner, Fernandes, because the support wasn't arriving quickly enough. Back down on the left wing. Where's Edison gone? The keeper way out of position. The block by Akanji. Ericsson will try to resuscitate. Here's Juan Bissaka. Suddenly Manchester United's attack springing into life. But Martial's header into the gloves of a much relieved Edison Moraes. Edison, you lucky boy. You lucky, lucky boy. for Walker who fancies it oh he put the laces through that and wouldn't it have been just like Manchester City to steal the lead ahead of half time Mares, Kevin De Bruyne around Casemiro Listening to Bet MUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Bet MUFC Twitter account. It's at Bet MUFC. That's at Bet MUFC. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast. It's at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can also follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. They are at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. And finally, you can follow my Twitter account. 
I am at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. That's also the Twitter account for LockBetting.com. It's the same handle across the board for Twitter and Instagram and for TikTok as well. LockBetting.com has provided clients 115 months in a row of transparent track profit. Look at the pinned tweet on the LockBetting Twitter account at LockBetting.com for the latest p which is the month of December. So moving on with this edition of Bet MFC, we heard at the top of the show Manchester United making an extraordinary comeback against Manchester City. That is the reason my voice is like this. It's completely gone. It's taken days and days to recover. And then tomorrow I go back to watch Manchester United again away to Crystal Palace, although I won't be able to cheer during that game because I have to sit with the Crystal Palace supporters. I've spoken before about the difficulty of getting Manchester United away tickets. We are one of the best supporter clubs away from home. We have um, around 50,000, 60,000 season ticket holders and only an allocation of somewhere between 1,000 to 2,000 for away games and nearly every single season ticket holder wants them. So even if you're a Manchester United season ticket holder going to every single home game, you still only have around about a two in 50,000 chance of getting one. So it's very, very, very unlikely to get. It's like gold dust. And if you want to sit with the actual Man United fans at Manchester United away game, you have to pay upwards of £500. And therefore, if you want to sit with the home supporters, you need to be quiet and pretend you're not a Manchester United fan because you cannot get caught cheering for United in the home section. Otherwise, you will be removed from the ground because you're not allowed to do that here. There's no mixed supporters like there is in the NFL. So I'll be going to that game. Before we talk more about that, let's have a look back at this derby. And it wasn't a case of Man United stealing this game. When you look at uh, Man City being ahead and Man United scoring twice in, in three minutes and scoring those goals late, um, it looks like Manchester City switched off. But if you listen to the highlights there, Man United were the better team for large periods of that game. Tactically, Eric Ten Hag got it right. He outclassed Pep Guardiola tactically in terms of what he was doing. Manchester City didn't know how to handle it. And then his substitutions also got us over the line because Man City didn't know how to handle them. Once we went back to doing what we were doing in the first half, we had to take Anthony Martial off because he was injured. But the... um, the, the pressing and the counter-attacking of Martial and Rashford were effective. But Martial wasn't even as effective as he would usually be because he was injured. Bruno Fernandes also occupied a position in the front three in the first half. It's not somewhere I like to see him play. He doesn't provide that pace in the counter-attack, although he does press the ball well. He's a very hard-working player. But once, um, once Martial came off, we did lose a little bit of balance and uh, that did allow Manchester City to come out and dominate the beginning of the second half. But then Manchester United went down another route. Instead of playing the counter-attack and football, we now had to find a way to come back and win from behind. It's not something that we've seen too often under Eric Ten Hag's regime with Manchester United playing this Football where we we defend well, uh, we break up plays in midfield. The midfield now through Casemiro is more linked to the defence and we quickly counter with these fast-breaking players. Now we had to find a different way to play these to, to win this game. And the answer to that was Ganacho. Ganacho came on and provided instant problems for Manchester City. They could not cope with their with the wingers playing down their throats. And ultimately that led to wave after wave of Manchester United attack in the last fi- attacks in the last 15 minutes. 
Um, Bruno Fernandes scoring the first goal, a controversial one for some because Rashford was in an offside position, but Bruno Fernandes wasn't. People are saying that uh, Akanji essentially stopped running because he felt like Rashford was in an offside position. But um, that's Akanji's problem. Akanji should have just continued in his path and gone and got the ball. If he slowed down because he believed that Rashford was offside, that's on Akanji. That's, that's nothing to do with, with Bruno Fernandes, who then comes into the picture. There's also an argument that Edison didn't know who was shooting. But again, that's down to the Manchester City players to just play the game and just play it out. And um, for me, it's a goal. That's what the rules are. If you don't like the rules, you need to change the rules. But at the moment, when that game was played and that situation occurred, that was the rule. And Manchester United scored a goal which was within the rules. And then, of course, um, we continued to press and got the winner through Marcus Rashford, who has now levelled the record of scoring in nine consecutive home games. So he'll be looking to break that record when Manchester United go back home. But that won't be happening for the next two games because we have to play Crystal Palace and then we have to travel to Arsenal for the big game at the weekend. Now, this game's equally big against Crystal Palace because if we don't win it, then we drop out of the title race even further. At the moment, obviously, we are the wide third favourites. The bookies think it's a two-horse race between Arsenal and Manchester City. And based on the weekend results, Arsenal have overtaken Manchester City as the favourites to win the league. Arsenal are now odds-on to win it. I still don't think they will. I still believe that Manchester City will go on to win it because of the squad depth that they had. That's something that Arsenal are lacking. That's something that Manchester United are lacking. But Man United have a stronger squad than Arsenal. But ultimately, Man United are in too many competitions, I think, to win the league this season. We still have to play in the Europa League against Barcelona. We're still having a run in the in the Carabao Cup. We're in the semi-final against Nottingham Forest. We're in the fourth round of the FA Cup against Reading. So it looks like Man United could get to the EFL Cup final. It looks like Man United will be in round five. We don't know what's going to happen with the Barcelona game. And then at the same time, we're, we're now in the title race. And if we can win this game against Crystal Palace, the game at the weekend becomes very, very interesting. It becomes interesting anyway, because uh, Manchester City will be relying on Manchester United to do, us, do them a favour anyway. And even if we... We do just pick up a point here against Crystal Palace, for example, because this isn't the ideal spot where this game is sandwiched in between a massive Manchester derby and a massive top of the table clash against Arsenal. The game against Arsenal is still absolutely massive because it does offer us a chance to close the gap. At the moment, the gap is nine points. If we beat, if we beat Crystal Palace, it's six points. If we beat Arsenal, then we're just three points behind Arsenal. Of course, things can go the opposite way. We could just pick up a point here against Crystal Palace, which would put us eight points behind Arsenal. And then we could lose that game, which would open up an 11-point gap. And essentially, that would put us out of the title race. I think even if we drew both games, that would put us out of the title race. But we would need to win both, I feel, to give us a realistic chance of getting ourselves into the title race. I just feel, again... There couldn't have been a worse time to play this fixture after Manchester City and before Arsenal. The two teams in and around us, it's done absolutely no favours to Manchester United. But this is a consequence of being in every competition. We couldn't play it next week because we have the semi-final of the EFL Cup. So it had to be played whilst the other teams are playing their FA Cup replays. This was the only free weekend we had. Obviously, at the time when it should have been played, that was due to the passing of the Queen. And um, everybody's catching up with their games 
from that time. So um, ultimately, this will end up evening out. But I don't think the scheduling is going to be as bad as this, where the Manchester derby and the game away to Arsenal has a game sandwiched in between them. So it will be a monumental achievement, perhaps Eric Ten Hag's biggest achievement of, of all so far, if he's able to pick up six points from these next two games. But at this moment in time, I think it's already a monumental achievement to be where Manchester United are. It's a monumental achievement to win the Manchester derby. I think everywhere you look, it's been a case of uh, Eric Ten Hag overcoming the impossible. For us to start this season with with two losses, two horrible losses, a 4-0 defeat against Brentford and to bounce back the next game and to beat Liverpool and to outrun Liverpool, the team who are known for just outrunning teams for years and years and years with Jurgen Klopp's style of football, that in itself was was incredible that Ten Hag was able to win that game after the 4-0 defeat against Brentford and then go on a run. We were then derailed by Manchester City, humbled, if you will. And then we were able to go on a run again. And then we fast forward to this game against Manchester City, the team who humbled us and 6-3 didn't tell the story of how one-sided that game was. And then to beat them on our own turf 2-1 and to be the better side and for it not to be a fluke, for us to actually deserve the win, that says a lot about Eric Ten Hag. It's been an an incredible appointment and uh, I could not be happier with the way the club are going. In addition to that, it does look like the sale of Manchester United is on the way with Sir Jim Ratcliffe looking to make a bid for the club. He has a net worth of £15.5 billion and is looking to pay somewhere between 5 and £6 billion for the club. So everything is looking like it's moving in the right direction. Before we listen to Eric Ten Hag talking about the upcoming game against Crystal Palace, let's have a listen to an interview that was conducted on the pitch after the game with both Marcus Rashford and Bruno Fernandes, the goal scorers. Have a listen to this. Thanks very much. Bruno, that was a fantastic comeback. A famous win. Obviously, it's always impacted to win the game. Doesn't matter, as I said before the game, for us, doesn't matter the opponent, most important is winning, and we did it. It was an amazing comeback, great effort from the team. I said it before the, before the game to the team. We look like a team now. Some months ago, well, some time ago, you could see sometimes a team, sometimes a little bit, each one of us looking a little bit for ourselves, but now you see a proper team that works hard for each other, and you see that it pays. The first goal was a little bit controversial because Marcus was offside and you're in on goal. Did you shout? Did you call? No, I think because I was facing the goal, Marcus probably saw that I was in a better position. I didn't know if any of us was on offside or not, but it doesn't have any influence because there was no one closer to him. So it doesn't make any influence on, uh, on the teammates to defend. The only one close was one close to me, so it is what it is. But it's a goal at the end. We are really happy for that. Marcus, the winner. I, I, I thought you were injured in the first half. You were going to make the second half, but we want to finish. Uh, just a little knock, but um, you know, in games that issue, you have to just try and push through, and you know, thankfully I managed to, managed to do that. Obviously scoring the goal at the end and, and winning the game, and you know that's what we set out to do. As Bruno said, that's always the aim before every game. This game obviously is a, a little bit special, but either way, we're, we're pleased to have the three points and continue winning at Old Trafford. Needed something to lift you because at the start of the second half, City looked like they had control. Garnacho changed things, he added some pace in there, didn't he? Yeah, it's a change of dynamics, you know. Um, 
and I've, I think I've said this many times before, but the options that we've got coming off the bench, even when we've had we've had injuries this year at times in the forward line, and everyone's played out of position. Bruno played out of position today. Um, but you, as you can see, everyone's putting a shift in, and when you've got players like Arna, young, hungry, full of talent, ready to come on and, and make a difference, and you know anything's anything's possible. And, but yeah, like I said, we're, we're very pleased to, to manage to come back, win the game, get three points, and now it's about recovering and moving on to the next game. And there's no doubting the significance of this result. And to give you, when you look back to October, you're now one point behind City. Uh, that doesn't matter for us. We have to look forward. We have to look forward for the next game because you can be closer, but if you don't keep winning, they will go. So the mentality now is to be celebrating because it's a big win on the derby. It's a long day today, so we have to celebrate that. But from tomorrow, straight away ahead on Crystal Palace. It's always tough to play away there. We all know that. So our focus has to be straight on that. It was a nice interchange for that first goal. I think he could do the same for Marcus. Hand that to Bruno. He's, he's player of the match. <laughs> well done, gents. Well played. I think you heard that at the end. Player of the match. That's so stupid. Um, I think this woke nonsense is, is just going way too far. Women play football. We know. So why can't we have woman of the match and keep man of the match? Why do we just need to have player of the match across the board. It's it's so ridiculous. I don't know why we have to change everything ever. Um but but getting back to what the guys were were saying there, yeah, Bruno has that winning mentality. Um we need to keep moving forward. We look like a team now, very, very blunt. Don't know if that was particularly aimed at Cristiano Ronaldo, but I think everybody knows that has made a significant difference. Man United looked like a a proper team now rather than being built around one player, which you should never have done. Signing Ronaldo and putting him in our team has now been a, a major setback and we are coming through it. In fact, we are taking giant steps forward and it almost looks like 16 to 1, which is the current price, plus 1,600 on Man United to win the league is too big because if we continue to win at home, and win our home games, we have a real chance of being there at the end. And so far, that's what we're doing. We look very, very strong at home. The crowd are behind us. And look, it doesn't take much. You heard that crowd. You heard how passionate they are. All they need is a few hard tackles or some some decent interplay, and they'll get behind the team. They'll get behind the team. There, there are some tourists there. Yeah, of course there are. There's some tourists at every Premier League game. There's obviously a little bit more at, at Man United because we're Man United. There'll be there'll be some more at City as well because City are now a huge team. But that's just part and parcel. But the, the real supporters are there. I'm travelling up from London constantly. I've supported this team for over 30 years now. So the real supporters are getting there. And look, listen to me. We're losing our voices supporting this team. So the passion is there. The belief is there. Supporters are behind these players. Ten Hag knows what he's doing. We have the players there as well now. We have a very, very strong first eleven, And we have more squad depth than Arsenal. I just still think the big danger are Manchester City because they are capable of winning 10, 11, 12 games in a row. And if they can do that, even from this point, that will put them in a strong position to still win the league once again this season. So moving forward to the game against Crystal Palace, let's have a listen to what Eric Ten Hag has to say. Uh, Eric, was Anthony Marshall injured when you brought him off? Uh, I, I hope to avoid that he was getting injured but uh, he was complaining uh, he was, so that's why he didn't also train in the week and he was a question mark uh, um, he, uh, we decided and he decided as well uh, he was um, also uh, he begged that to start 
and because I knew the start is so important in this game, and especially he's really good in pressing, and and um, and he's a really big element in our pressing. So and he did that really well before halftime. But also you saw he was not capable to go 100%, and that's what you need. And also to avoid that he's getting injured, we took him off. But uh, it also had an impact on our game, a negative impact after halftime. Oh, I have to overthink that. Um, so first, settle down this game. Um, so um, make set the right conclusions. Uh, then we will make a clear plan. I have to see Palace. Of course, I know already a lot of Palace. Uh, we faced them also in pre-season. I know how their team is, but the, the total plan I don't have now. Um, I didn't construct it till now, so from this point on we can construct and we can prepare the team in the right way. Yeah. Eric, in terms of the result today and the high of this, this win against Manchester City, what's been your message to the players in terms of resetting for the Crystal Palace game? Do you almost have to give them the opportunity to celebrate this or do they have to forget it and move on instantly? Uh, I think you have every win you have to celebrate. Huh? That is, um, yeah, you work so hard for such momentum. And every win that is so great in top football, when you can't celebrate and then yeah, I think you kill the energy as well. So we have to celebrate it. But after it, we have to settle down. Um, so after t- uh, 24 hours, then move on and go to the next game. And that you get in the right rhythm and every third day. And we have to deliver. And we, uh, the players have to get in the right, right rhythm, uh, physical point of view, but also mentally. Uh, be ready uh, for uh, for the next game and that is in our it's Crystal Palace on the Wednesday clear three of them one man in the match against Manchester City you started on the right hand side which is something you've used against not your first and ball can I ask what do you see the idea was to, uh, with Bruno not yeah, on the right wing, and especially in defending, but we defended, as, I, I think, as usual. But in possession, he had um, a role to come in, in between the lines to bring an extra player there to uh, bring the opponent in, in, in problems. Um, and in hesitation and confusion and I think uh, he, he played that role really brilliant on the right and on the left also I think the rest of the team um, adapted good to that situation and I think we had a really good breaks uh, by finding the free man and Bruno was an important uh, factor in that role and he was important in the pressing as well I think when uh, I didn't know he was man of the match but it was my man of the match definitely Bruno Fernandes Okay, we'll now move on to the second section of the Crystal Palace. So moving on to looking at the odds for tomorrow's game. Man United are the 4-5 minus 125 favourites. It's 11-4 on the draw and it's 19-5 here on Crystal Palace. I think these are short odds on Man United if I'm honest with you. And ultimately, this is a game we can obviously win. But the price tells you that 
all Man United starters are going to be there. You're going to see the combination of Varane and Martinez. Luke Shaw is going to go back to left back. David De Gea in goal. Casemiro is going to start. You're going to have our top midfield combination. Eriksen, Fernandez are going to play. Martial is going to be fit to play up front. If he's not, Weghorst is going to get a debut with, with Rashford continuing to play. Anthony or Ganacho are going to play out wide. Choose whoever you want. Ultimately, these odds tell you a strong, strong Manchester United team will go out and win this game. But ultimately, if we do play that team, if we don't rest Rashford, if we don't rest Fernandes, if we don't rest Casemiro, who's one booking away from missing the Arsenal game, if we continue to play with, with Varane and Luke Shaw continues to play game after game after game, then they will get tired at some point. And that could even be at the weekend against Arsenal, who have seven days rest or eight days rest, rather, between their last game winning the North London derby, which was a massive high for them, and the game against Manchester United at home. So it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one to balance. I think Ten Hag will go with that strong team. And I do think that he will win this game. I don't think he's the type of manager to look ahead. Obviously, Martial isn't going to play, so that's going to be one player who gets a rest who will probably be back for the Arsenal game. So there could possibly be a debut for Weghorst. At least that's one position where someone gets a rest. Maybe we could make a change in midfield. Perhaps Christian Eriksen could miss a game with Bruno Fernandes dropping back into the midfield and we continue with the double pivot of Casemiro and Fred. Maybe the double pivot is something that we use for the game against Arsenal. So maybe we give Casemiro a rest here and we use Fred in that midfield role and and play Eriksen and Bruno. I think that would be a big loss I ultimately feel for Man United to be successful. They need to play Casemiro all the time. He's been that much of a difference maker and I would be uncomfortable without Casemiro playing. So I think everything to me says that Man United will pick a team who are good enough to win this game and I'll think about the Arsenal game over the weekend when it comes. I think that's what Derek Ten Hag is going to do. And um, there are games where you could potentially rest players. I don't think everybody needs to play against Nottingham Forest away. Uh, All we need to do is really be in that tie and then can finish it off the following week at Old Trafford. I don't think we need to play everybody for the game at home to Reading in the FA Cup. I think that could be a good game where you could reintroduce Jadon Sancho. So I think tomorrow, Manchester United on the money line is the way I'm going to go. Man United have won all seven of their games so far since the World Cup and are on a nine game winning run going back to just before the World Cup. They can make it 10 in a row here against Crystal Palace who are actually in poor form. They have lost their last three coming into this one and even exited the the FA Cup at home to Southampton as well. So it's been a disappointing run for Crystal Palace. I do think this is a good time to play them. Ideally, this sandwich spot is not a good place a good time to play anybody but this is the situation and I think Eric Ten Hag is a game by game manager and I think he'll want to get the points on the board going into that Arsenal game six points behind and giving us an opportunity to close the gap down to three points now if we do win this game and we manage to avoid a defeat against Arsenal I still think that's a good result I will take that here from this week I still don't think that puts Man United out of the title race but dropping points against Crystal Palace and losing to Arsenal does that's going to be too wide of a gap and I think then Manchester United are back to just maintaining their place in a top four and looking to win a trophy in one of the cup competitions
Dolphins. And as I said, it looks very likely that we can not only get to the EFL Cup final, it looks like that's a trophy we can win. The bookies have us as the even money favourites to win it with the main opposition coming from Newcastle. I'm not looking past Newcastle at all. They've been a very difficult team to beat so far this season. We couldn't do it at Old Trafford. Man City couldn't go away to Newcastle and win. Newcastle have already won at Tottenham. They've got a draw at Arsenal as well. So that's going to be a difficult cup final. But ultimately, as I said, a trophy and a place in the top four would represent a extraordinary first season for Eric Ten Hag. I just think we're getting a little bit greedy now because he seems to be overachieving and nobody expected us to beat Tottenham, Liverpool, Arsenal and Man City at home in the same season. So that's it for me and this edition of Bet MUFC. I'll be back at the weekend. Until then, good luck with all your bets as always and thanks for listening.